Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. When does fall learning start? Well, it starts now. Before long, we're going to turn over the calendar or swipe right or up on a digital device. And we'll see that the holidays are right around the corner. We have fall, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, three in a row. What is a busy homeschool mom to do? Well, don't freak out. We're in this together. And in this episode, I am going to give you an action plan for how to cope with the busiest months. I want to thank our ongoing sponsor, CTC Math, with their excellent math curriculum. You can visit them at ctcmath.com, and they have a math curriculum for grades K through 12. Well, how many of you have planned out your entire year until Christmas? All right, raise your hands. I wish we were together so we could actually um, have some interaction here. But if you haven't, no worries. I'm here to help. First, I will recommend that you get on our email list and sign up to receive our latest planners. I have an ongoing series of monthly planners. This year, it is the Organize It Planners. These planners are chock full of tips you can implement quickly, and the best thing is they are free for our email subscribers. After the year, what do we do with them? Well, they're available at themediaangels.com forward slash store, and you can purchase them there. Well, during the cooler months, planning things such as taking the kids outdoors is nice. If you have younger kids, you may want to add some seasonal activities such as fall crafts or baking. You can also jumpstart the fall decorations or even Christmas decorations by making paper chains and using various colors, obviously fall colors in the fall and, you know, red and green and other colors uh, for Christmas time. 
One of the favorite topics that we studied in the fall with my little ones was trees and all of the foliage that they had. If you're blessed to live in the north, you have a full array of fall leaves coming soon. And for those of us in the south, it means taking a trip up north or learning about these things via a book or online. Then there are the fall activities such as parties and fairs and cooking contests and so many other things that we as homeschoolers want to take advantage of. Often there are harvest parties. I remember a friend of mine actually um, would roast an entire hog. They had a hog farm and there were hay rides for the kids and big bonfires and things that the children enjoyed doing. And every Christmas at our house, we would have a party the first weekend of December and parents could bring their kids and we have several acres. And so I would have luminaries all the way up to the front door and around back, we would have a campfire where somebody was manning it and the kids would make s'mores and they would just play and run and be filthy and exhausted by the end of the night. But it was really fun. And I talked to several of our friends' uh, children who are now married with kids of their own. And at several gatherings, they were really sweet and came up to me and said, Oh, Mrs. Gerwitz, those were some of our best uh, memories. And it makes me want to do it again for all the kids. But it was, you know, something that the children looked forward to, and it really gave a flavor of what was to come. And it also gave the kids incentive to get their schoolwork done because there were so many other things they wanted to do. You know, after we turn the calendar and there's Thanksgiving and then next is Christmas, um, which seems to take up that entire month of December and between baking and shopping and activities, there really doesn't seem like there's much time left to do school, let alone take care of the house and plan meals. So what's a busy homeschool mom to do? Well, the thing I can advise is to get as much done before the holidays. And that means school. As homeschoolers, We sometimes fit household into our homeschool or our homeschool into our family. And I've received many emails from people who have said that when they've done an excellent job homeschooling, they've done a lousy job managing their homes and vice versa. Well, you can do both. First of all, look at what your priorities are. And yes, you may need to lower them. But on the other hand, If you just uh, can plan well and have someone help you with those little ones, you'll be surprised at how much you can get done. The age old question is, first of all, what is your daily routine? Let's look at that. Is there anything you can tweak? The second is what job has to be done today and what's a tomorrow job? I love it when my daughter uh, comes to visit. She is now a young adult and she's teaching at a private Christian school. And I'll talk to her about something and she'll say, that's a tomorrow problem. And she has learned really well how to focus on the things that have to get done right now and the things she can take care of later on. We just have to remember, as I remind her, that those tomorrow jobs need to be put on a calendar somewhere so it can remind you when it is tomorrow or they're going to get forgotten. And then what are your non-negotiables? For example, taking care of your family, eating and sleeping fall into that category. Of course, homeschooling has to come in somewhere along the line. 
The fourth is distractions. How can we combat these? I found that I had so much more time when I got rid of my distractions. For some, that means putting their phones in another room. Uh, For others, it means not getting on the computer in the morning. I found out that that was my biggest distraction. Running a business, and I've shared this with uh, you guys somewhere along the line on some of my podcasts, but you know, I have multi-podcasts, I run a podcast network, I have, you know, a, a company, my husband has several. And I found that if I got online and answered email just really quickly while the kids were finishing up breakfast, it could be an hour before the kids would even see me because so many times there were fires I had to put out. And when you see that fire, it's hard to concentrate on anything else and you just need to get it done. So I'm made a real effort not to even check emails until after lunch because then the kids were working on their own and I had a little bit more time. The next thing is what is up the upcoming event this week, this month and for the next three months and get those on the calendar. Once you have this overview, you'll be able to plan so much better you know, and you can look at it and then backtrack. In our checklist planners, we have forms for you that you can do all of these things. I think they're pretty much in all of my planners. Um, Starting a couple of years ago, I have uh, something I call the Foursquare Planner. And I have to look to see um, if I've done a podcast specifically on this topic. But that's included in all of my planners. And I just take a sheet of paper, divide it into four. And by the way, the planners are free each month. And then I um, use that as my focal point for the week. And I still do it to this day. My categories are going to look a little different because I'm done homeschooling. But um, I would divide up my day into the things that I had to get done. And it was so much easier to look at it to me on one page. It was just way easier. You know, whatever the next big thing is on the horizon, you know, look at that, put that on there. And with fall on the horizon, the next big thing is going to be the holidays. So keep an eye out for that. You know, if you can and find things on sale, you may want to start you know, looking at that. But as far as school goes, I know that we did the bulk of our learning, um, as I'm going to share with you in just a minute before Thanksgiving. So again, focus on the essentials, use pockets of time and get some things done. But the focus with your homeschool needs to be on learning. At the beginning of each school year, you should look at your books or curriculum and Look at what you're going to use and divide it out. It may take six weeks or more to complete some things. You know, if it's a detailed unit that you're studying, um, if you're doing something in a textbook, look through that textbook. Let me just tell you, you do not need to do every single thing in a textbook. Yes, get the big picture. You know, for example, if you're studying world history, is there really any way to study all of world history in one year that your children are going to remember? So you may want to cut out, and I'm going to cringe here when I say this, some of the ancient things. Um, I loved studying, you know, ancient Greek and ancient Rome, and it was, I just loved it. But you could get bogged down and do a ton of activities and then miss the important things. Like my kids told me, 
I didn't focus on the world wars. Well, I didn't like war. So I just gave them the Cliff Notes version of that. Whereas they have, as adults, all made studies on, you know, why do we go to war and that sort of thing. My daughter is um, a history teacher now at a high school. So she focuses big chunks on, you know, some of those things because those are lessons that kids can learn and if we don't know why we got into war in the first place, you know, what, what they say, if you don't know history, you're bound to make the same mistakes. So at least getting a big picture understanding. So again, look at the books, cut out some things that you don't need to do, focus on the bigger picture. Another thing to consider is using the days the kids are doing well and doubling up on activities. We did this to keep our Fridays free. In fact, my kids would say to me, if I do three lessons of, of you know math or if I read ahead in my reading book, can I have Friday free? And I would say, absolutely. So you can use Friday as a catch-up day when they're younger or for field trips. When they were older, I'm going to tell you, it took every single day of the week to get school um, completed. And of course, you know, sometimes that schoolwork can pile up. If we had to go into the summer, we did it, okay? Um, I had no qualms about that, but let me tell you, it only took one year of working through some of the summer months for my kids to really get serious and get that schoolwork done when they needed to. Because I find that, you know, one of the things um, in my brief foray of teaching um, in, in the school system, I found that you know, 80% of our time was on discipline. And so I just sat the kids down at the beginning of the year. And I just told them, I said, Look, we're going to have some fun in this class. But in order to get to those fun activities, we need to get our work done. And they knew that if they got things done, you know, there was going to be some other activities. I mean, I remember bringing in huge things of popcorn, and having the kids uh, take needles and, you know, make a popcorn garlands that they took home, you know, now with allergies and everything, I wouldn't even want to attempt anything with food. But I just know that, you know, there are so many things that we can do as parents um, to get our kids to listen to us when we're reading or doing a story or doing an activity and keeping them focused and letting them know, look, these are the things we have coming up and we need to get as much school as we can done now. And like I said earlier, we completed most of our homeschooling before Thanksgiving, if you can believe that, for the, the fall months, of course. And that was, you know, late August, September, and October, and the beginning of November. And then we didn't even start again till January. You know, after Thanksgiving, we were lucky to get two full weeks in before all the extra activities started up for Christmas. And then, of course, there's Christmas and then New Year's and that solid vacation time. And in the new year... Most of the schoolwork we accomplished was in January, February, and March. Do you see a pattern here? There were like three solid months of getting a lot of work done, and we were able to complete so much. Yes, sometimes we had to go into April and May, and as I shared with you, June and July, but again, that didn't happen often. And so, you know, for some of you, um, Easter may not be a big event, but in our home it was. And so we would take a couple of weeks off one week before Easter and a week after. So, you know, working hard on the days where it's too hot or too cold outside, it really helped as well. 
And my kids naturally did better when there were fewer distractions, as I'm sure yours will as well. And I have lots of links on the show notes for episode 504, uh, Look for Fall Learning, and I have some other past podcast episodes there that you can link to. So what can you do in the fall? You know, that also has to do with learning, but um, you know, it, it incorporates some of the things, especially the younger kids can learn. And that is baking. You know, even when the kids got older, I have to say all of my kids can cook except for maybe my oldest son. And not only that, they can all bake. So we would do things like bulk baking. And, um, you know, I remember like my daughter sitting there and reading their science lessons while the kids were doing things in the kitchen. So they were listening to a science lesson while they were doing other things. So my, my family were big multitaskers. And, you know, we would do all kinds of things like making sweetbreads or, you know, bread or cinnamon rolls and things like that, freezing it. And then when the holidays came around, we could take them out, thaw them and give them as gifts. Um, if you don't like to bake, maybe the kids wanted to do some kind of crafts or make some presents. I had uh, a lot of links actually on gift giving and things like that, because it's, it's, a, a big topic in this family with so many of us. Um, you know, we have to uh, sometimes make presents on leaner years and other years, you know, we focused on doing things like the children would give us, you know, a car wash, or I remember I used to want the neck rubs from my kids. So I remember for birthdays or just because my kids would give me like a little note and I'd open it up and this entitles mom to one neck rub. And so, you know, there are so many ways that we can be creative and work on fall types of activities and incorporate school as well. And as the winter months get closer, it's also time to spend reading together. Our favorite memories were Little House on the Prairie books and others around the fireplace with hot cocoa. I think we even got the Little House on the Prairie cookbook so we could make some of those meals. They weren't all so great, but it was at least fun to try. And I know my kids uh, used brown sugar for a while on their pancakes because they did in the books. And again, these are all memories you can create with your family. And some of them can be incorporated in your learning as well. You know, and Another thing I'm big on, if you've listened to my podcast um, in the past, I am big on experiential learning and activities. And again, I have um, a link in my show notes. If you go to mediaangels.com forward slash store, uh, you can find some of our unit studies that are available as well as some audios and self-paced classes. And as a child and even as an adult, I love to learn by doing you know, I like to read and I can learn that way too. Um, but, you know, and yes, if you just read it, it's so much easier than trying to actually, um, you know, add an activity or an experiment, especially with science. But are the kids going to remember? And that's the question we need to ask. We can do all of the homeschooling we want, but if they walk away with no memories of anything they learned, we're really no better than the public schools. So, we want to um, encourage our kids to really focus in on the overall themes. And a lot of times, uh, the best way that the kids can learn is to share with you what they've learned. One year, we split up our, our science. So my son that was not college bound wanted to do 
um, an oceanography unit, excuse me. And the other two were doing the biology and chemistry and all the quote unquote things you must have for college. My son was so excited doing his oceanography. He was tabbing the book and saying, you know, you need to read this to the younger kids. And I remember like at lunchtime, sometimes reading some of the things that he tabbed that he found so fascinating. And I would also have him say, well, you tell the kids what you learned. And so if we get our kids excited about learning, if they can share what they've learned with the other children, that is also another way that we can encourage our kids uh, to learn and to get things done. And if we give our children, um, you know, if we give our children those who get their schoolwork done more work, likely they're not going to want to do a whole bunch of extra work. Oh, I got done early, so mom just piled it on. But we can ask them and encourage them and say, look, let's get some extra work done today because we're going to take a break. I also encourage families to find hobbies or things that they want to pursue either as a family or individually. Uh, My three youngest children played sports. And so every day they had to uh, spend some practice time or they had practices several times a week. And I'm going to tell you that if they didn't get their schoolwork done, then they didn't get to go to practice. And yes, they got in trouble with the coach and maybe they had to sit out a game. Again, sometimes that's all you have to do is let them know that that is going to be an option if their school isn't done and it doesn't take you know, very many times of follow through for the kids to get the idea that they've got to work hard. If your child plays a musical instrument or has another hobby, then they're going to want to pursue these things and work on their schoolwork. And I guess my theme here is a lot of times I find that kids waste so much time. I remember one mother telling me it took her son all day to do math. And that's just ridiculous. I probably would have had the kids sitting next to me and just making sure he didn't get up 20 times. Um, I had a son who loved to sharpen his pencil so many times I ended up investing in a really cheapy battery powered pencil sharpener and said, here, this is going on your desk. You're not getting up because he was using that as an excuse to go sharpen his pencil and bug his sister and do some other things while he was up. So sometimes we want to just focus on, okay, let's get these things done and discuss with your children and get their input as well. I've never found a homeschool kid who doesn't have a lot of opinions, especially if you ask. I remember my husband and I were car shopping and from the back seat, the kids were piping up what type of car we should get. And I, um, you know, said, you know, to my husband, I said, you know, this is one of the perks of homeschooling that our children overhear a lot of what we're talking about, especially in the car. You know, we also want to instill values that allow our kids to do what is right, not just when we're watching them and giving them opportunities to learn independently, especially if they're old enough, and then making sure to check their work each day, or at least every couple of days is important. I remember leaving their schoolwork to check once a week, and then sometimes I'd be so overwhelmed by all I needed to go over and grade, and I got really frustrated when I saw that their work was half done, and if I had kept up with it, I would have noticed it earlier. So my husband, you know, he piped in and said he was willing to take over at times when I was overwhelmed, and my children did not like it when dad check their work because a lot of times he made them go back and do it uh, neater and they did not like that. So they really wanted me to be able to be there to check it or at least, you know, be around while they were checking their work. And again, it's not that I didn't 
trust the kids, but we want to give them opportunities to succeed. If you give your child a math book and the answer key and say, oh, go in another room and just correct it, it's too much of a temptation for them to just put in the right answers or if they forgot a minus sign, you know, to just add it and that kind of thing. So we want to teach our children um, you know, values and that we do trust them, but it's important when they're doing something like that, that, you know, we're a- around and available so that we are encouraging them to do what's right. Well, I hope these ideas help you to accomplish a lot and get lots of learning done this month. And be sure to visit me at my website at mediaangels.com and also check out our podcast family on our Facebook group. I don't mention this enough. Um, It's called the Homeschool Podcast Family. You can look for it under groups. And if you have any questions, did you know you can hashtag myself or any of our podcasters just by hashtagging and or even doing the little at sign and our names and it will flag us and we'll get that message in our inbox and we can come chat with you on Facebook. Also, um, sign up for our emails. Be sure to do that. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and give me a rating on your favorite podcast app. Well, take care, guys. God bless. And I'll talk to you soon. Again, the show notes are on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, episode 502, Fall Learning. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.